yesterday we heard your voice. On Monday we saw visions. And yesterday we heard clearly, very clearly your voice. Today we prophesy. Today we reveal the mystery that is hidden in the heart of the Father. Today our sight be mingled with knowledge and the knowledge be expressed through your wisdom. Today, the sermon of spirit shall be available. And the heart of man shall be taken from the realm of the physical. And man shall begin to see the activities in the spirit. Today, as you did to Philip, we'll be caught up in the spirit. And we'll be taken by the wind of the spirit. That we may carry out the function that you have assigned for us. Today, we will be in the spirit like you did unto John. And the revelations of the things to come shall be given to us. Today, we will hear you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. I want you to welcome some beside And... What this convention is about is not about another theory. It's about the practical manifestation of the Holy Spirit on sons of man. And what God had done over the past four days, He has been taking us from one height to another, and we have been having tremendous testimonies coming out from it. People have been healed. But beyond healing, people have had God. Some people have encountered revelation for the first time. Some people, really, the first thing God did on the first day was that God wanted me to help you know that the, the word of God is so simple. So he said that you should prophesy to somebody. And you turned to one another and you had the person speaking to you, telling your life. And a lot of people, at least more than 75% of people here, heard the second person speaking their life, things that are personal to them, which they even discuss with them. And that is to help us understand that what the Bible says is a fact. Some people spoke in tongues for the first time yesterday. What the Bible says is true. We have looked into Biblical evidences from the book of John. I love to, to really use John in the matters of the Holy Spirit. Because John was a person who spent very intimate time with Jesus. To the extent that when Jesus ascend, ascended, he had to come back for John. <laughs> in, his, uh, in the island he was banished to, arranged by the Holy Spirit. John was not punished by man. It is the Holy Ghost that arranged that island for him to be banished there. Because the Holy Spirit wants to spend time with John. And such visions and manifestations of revelation cannot be done in the midst of many people where there is a lot of noise. And the Lord descended in that island where he spoke with John. But our concern in our time is this. Every claim of Jesus Christ 
as written by John concerning the Holy Spirit, one, all Christians should know it is just as it is written. So that you will see yourself as a legitimate person to that promise. That's the first thing. You must not look at other people as the legitimate people for the promise. Number two, I know that sometimes we fast, we pray and stuff like that, but the fact is that it is a gift. It's not by fasting or praying. It is a gift. And understand this very accurately. We did not get the gift by fasting or praying. And so, because it's a gift from the Lord, it's just to believe. And for the past four months, I have been teaching you about three pillars that can cause man to operate God. I began by teaching you that you and God are the same. Because the Bible says God made you in His image. Of course, someone says that in chapter 3 we fell in Genesis 3, yes. But then in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, tells us that those of us who have been foreknown by God, have been pre-programmed by God to be conformed to the likeness. So we lost the likeness in chapter 3, but God brought it back through Jesus only. That's the reason why only those who are born again, people who have given their hearts to Jesus Christ, they are the only ones that can operate the likeness. And I help you to understand that you must give your heart. You must open the door of your heart so that Jesus will come into your heart. Any gospel different from it is a lie. Because Jesus said in the book of Revelations, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open your heart, I will come in. Just to help you understand the balance between, you know, uh, in, the, in the midst of a lot of uh, noises that is going about right now on the, the doctrine of grace. So that you don't get, you don't lose the power. Okay. All these things are necessary for us to know. That the gift is by grace. But then Jesus said to us yesterday, and we looked at that. That though the gift is by grace, but he said you should ask for it. Jesus said we should ask for it. In Luke chapter 11 verse 9. It says, so I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door is open. Will be open. Verse 11 says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Pastor Dean says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give what? Shall we read that together? How much more? Hey, give me a Holy Ghost reading. Though it's a gift, but you have to ask for it. Our asking is not what brought it. It was given because God is gracious. But to receive it, we have to ask for it. And in asking, we know the principles of asking in Christendom. We ask by speaking. Okay? 
Sometimes we ask by crying. When we ask with passion. And sometimes we ask by fasting and praying. So this is where fasting and praying is effective. But you must first believe that it is yours. You must first be convinced that you merit it not because you are smart, but because Jesus paid the price and he promised it. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So haven't you been convinced that, look, I merit this only by the blood of the Lamb. So you will be able to thank God for the grace of salvation. And you'll be able to approach God as your father, who had promised. And as a child will ask from the father, Jesus said, and the father will give good things to the children because they ask. So it's your heavenly father. He's waiting for you to ask tonight. You will get something tonight. Amen. <laughs> I will get it now. Now, you know something? Let me tell you about grace to help you understand better. Because in these days, Satan is deceiving many people with doctrine of grace. Anything that is given by grace is a precious thing that should be maintained by grace. If a holy God gave you anything, it is a holy thing. And in this case, we saw yesterday and two days ago that the Holy Spirit will be with you and it will be what? In you. So if Holy Spirit is in your body, you cannot render that body as a, sac- as a sin offering. That is to commit sin. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present ye your physical bodies as living sacrifice and holy. Holy Ghost will do that for you. You will do that for Holy Ghost. That is where people who talk about grace make a mistake. And some of them believe that, well, they can commit adultery, they can do all manners of stuff, grace covers. It doesn't. Because they say you cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. If you are given a, a honor and you walk in dishonor, you will be, the honor will be repealed and it will be taken off you. Really, it is a spite on the authority that honored you. That's why Paul always said that the dog went back to his vomit. He that carries holy thing must not walk like a civilian and satisfy his commanding officer. <clears throat> so when we talk about grace, therefore, Paul says, show me your faith, and I will show you what? My work. Because faith without work is useless. And really, Paul went for that, or whoever wrote Hebrew. Just to help the Confucianists. Now says in chapter, <laughs> chapter 11, verse 6. Let's look at that very quickly. Because you need this as a bedrock to enter into what I'm teaching you today. It says, and without faith it is impossible to what? Alright, and what kind of faith? Who is a person of faith? Because, let's read together. Because, look at King James Version to help balance the equation. Shall we read the King James Version? Shall we together want to go? Did you see both say honestly or diligently seeking God? So faith needs work 
to be able to operate. Faith don't operate with people who don't see God. That is the presumption of many Christians. They move in presumption, they think they are moving in faith. The person that you don't seek cannot work for you. If you take God lightly, heaven will take you lightly. If you take God simple, heaven will take you simple. For every human being in the Bible that was taken to the higher realm to give visions, it is because of their change of mind. They don't take God like a party. They take him as God, though he is their father. And because they take him as a true father, every true child always look into his father and want to become like his father. And every true child will always sit his father down and question him. And everything the father promised, a true child will continue to ask his father. A true son bonds with his father. If you have a true father. Anybody who doesn't have a father will want to look for a father somewhere. And you find one in church. Where you are under a good shepherd. But the fact is that a child who doesn't want to become like his father will not have an intimate relationship with his father. And because of that, he will not know much. All the experience of his father, he will not know it. Then he will now start to try to work out things. Instead of him to have added knowledge of an old age to him. This is what made me what I am today. My father gave back to me in his whole good old age, which is good. So that all I knew in my life was wisdom. Today, among my contemporaries, I operate in that wisdom. And God is able to use that wisdom to, to achieve the ministry sent me. So is God, ancient of days. If you don't fall in love with him, you can't get from him. You cannot. Treat him like a party, which I be like a party. I told you on Sunday, I was in the class. I just finished my, my school. And some of my, all my classmates call me Alfred, Alfred, Alfred. And I see some of them sick. And I could minister to them. But because I'm Alfred to them, they cannot receive the gift of apostle. I touch them, nothing happens. But somebody came to my meeting who received me as a man of God. Who has issue of blood. She bled every day. I did not touch her. I stood in front of her and power came out of my body and hit her. And the pad that was so with blood dried up. To that woman, I'm a servant of God. To the other one, I'm Alfred. One day my daughter was having excruciating um, the headache or backache, something like that. Pastor Elizabeth. And uh, she didn't call me to pray for her. And she came to the service and she prayed and said, Lord, please heal me today. So she knew the difference between her father and her apostle. Okay? And as I stood there, the Lord spoke by word of knowledge about the condition. And that pain is gone now. And instantly, everything vanished in her body. She was weeping while she was in pain. And the pain disappeared. Because when I've mounted the pulpit, I've taught all my family, household, and of course you, that I am not the friend or the husband or the father that you know. So therefore, if with man, if you can 
address a man in his office, you get the reward of that office. Believe in God, you'll be established. Believe in his prophets, you'll prosper. But if you believe in his prophet as a friend or a brother, you get nothing. Let me say something to you. You see all these ministers that are ordained? If you just think that um, you can call them by name because you, are, you think you are older, I'm so sorry for you. I'm too sorry for you. The grace upon them will never work for you. Alright? If I pick your daughter or your son and I ordain that person as a minister, from that day, that person is your minister before God. When he speaks on your behalf to God, God will answer it because she is the one speaking. Or he is the one speaking. I told you the first day my, my, my mother saw me operated in God. We got home. She knelt down before me and said, My son, I conceived you and gave birth to you. She said to me, Today you have become my father. Lay your hands on my head. My mother. So therefore, as it is, is a spiritual order. If you do not seek God or have a heart to seek Him, you cannot get much from God. But let me say something to you also that is very interesting. If you came here today and the way you behave to God is what I said before. You take God just as a party. How quick can God work on your behalf for you at an instance of repentance? As you are here, if you make up your mind that God, I won't treat you that way anymore. Finish. You will get everything. That's the difference between God and man. The moment you make up your mind. You know, God does not look at your face. He looks at the heart. And the heart is your spirit. Is the entrance to your spirit. You remember we looked at that yesterday from 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Yes? Okay? So if a man has been taking God for nothing, and you hear what you are hearing today, and you say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I will begin to honor you. Have mercy on me. At the spot of that prayer, everything God will do today, you get it. I will say, I say you will get it. I say you will get it. The reason why people don't get God is because of lack of knowledge. God is looking for, Jesus said that to the Samaritan woman, you remember we looked at that in John 4. He said, you Samaritan worship what you do not know. Many people in church worship what they do not know. But Jesus said, but we worship what we know. He said, for salvation is for the Jews. God is Jewish God. Okay? And he says that now, he said, when our father goes to the mountain to, to, to seek that God of the Jews, Jesus said that, no, a time is coming and it has now come. A time is coming and it has now come. So it means that God is, Jesus is speaking about now and the future. A time is coming, which is our own time. But it has now come, which was his time at the time. That from the time of Jesus Christ to the coming time, man will not go to the mountain to seek God anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. Do I not believe in prayer mountain? I do. As long as you don't have a mind that that is the only place God will hear you. If you have a mind until you reach that mountain before God will hear you, God will make sure he doesn't hear you. If you go to mountain just because of the serenity, or you go to the beach side because of the serenity, it's calm quite enough to hear without being disturbed. Good. If you go to the woods or the wilderness, but if you attach religiosity to a spot on earth, God is out of that place. 
God is not the God of mountain. He created mountains. That's why he did not answer Balaam on the mountain. That's why Jesus said, you will no more go to the mountain. In the past, you went to the mountain. God went to mountain to reveal himself. Of course, Elijah, Elisha, all of them, Moses. But he said, in this time, God will not reveal himself on mountain anymore. Why? Because God will live in you and he will be with you. In you is the God that you are seeking on the mountain. He is in you, in your house. Ask him there. That's what God is saying. You carry God who will have had you in London. You travel to South Korea to a mountain. If Satan will have killed you, he will have killed you in the plane. Why did you not ask him where you are? Jesus said, whatever two or three are gathered, what? His name was not given in the days of mountains. That's why Jesus said to the woman, the time is coming. It has now come. That this is the time that Jehovah Sabbath. That God has tabernacled over his people. No more in the tent. But he is now in his people. He will be with his people. And whosoever shall call his name anywhere, anytime, wherever. He will hear you. So tonight he will hear you. I say he will hear you. I say he will hear you. Understand it's not by works that you merit it. Okay? It's by grace. But then you have to do the work of prayer to get him. Because that is a proof of your faith. Father, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. But I remember the, the day I was going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit in the dream. Because, you know, I observed the hours of prayer from a very young boy. One of my classmates about 40 years ago called this place today. <laughs> and they began to discover me. I mean, some of them may be watching now in the U.S. and all over the whole place. They are all big guys, you know, all over the world. And this one called me today and he said, Ah, Pa Willie, you have never known me like that, do you? He said, Pa Willie, he said, I was told by, you know, the other brother that you are in London. I've been in London from 1988. I said, you, you didn't hear about me. You are, well, you are looking for Pa Willie. <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, when I was told that you are a man of God now, he said, I remembered when you used to argue with the BK teacher, Bible knowledge. The teacher who teaches us Bible in the school. He'll be teaching theories, I'll be arguing with him that no, that's not what the Bible says. In the secondary school. I said, that's not the Bible. He, 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 that is the first thing he remembered. He said, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder God is using you now. You used to argue with the Bible teacher. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. When the Bible teacher is teaching theology, and I was taught Bible. So what I'm saying to you, therefore, is this. It is your heart before the Lord. And it is your turning towards Him. But you see, all those times I grew up, I, I had encounters of open vision, but I never spoke in tongues. That may be you today. Jesus appeared to me, and yet I have never spoken in tongues. Okay? I pray for the sick and they are healed, and yet I have not spoken in tongues. I carry the authority of God, very young age, but I haven't spoken in tongues. And so, in one of my encounters with the Lord, the Lord Jesus took me. That was, in this encounter, Jesus appeared to me in the clouds. I was going to church, and he appeared to me in the clouds. And I saw, like, the moonlight, and I stopped. I was looking, as I was looking up, looking at the moon, but the cloud came down like... This ceiling. 
And as I was looking at it, the moon started opening up to half moon, and I saw the head of a man. And then it opened up, and I saw the full moon opened up, but then it opened and became the cloud. But when it became the cloud, standing in the cloud was a man who stretched his two hands apart, and he turned his face towards me. That time was the time I was praying that Jesus should appear to me. I want to see you. How do you look like? Who are you? I want to know you. And I pray that prayer every three hours, every day. Round the clock, I mean. 12 midnight, 3 a.m., 6, I wake up and pray. And ask Jesus. I want to know you. I want to see you. How can you have a father you can't see? So, the moment I saw him, my heart was full of a request. And what I determined that the day Jesus will appear to me, I will only ask him one thing in my decision. You know what I was going to ask him? Give me power. Finish. I don't want to ask any other thing. What I wanted to ask him is, give me power. Okay? So when he appeared now, I was so excited. And I was saying, <laughs> I was going to say, give me power, but give will not come out of my mouth. I was looking at him. I was overwhelmed. Flabbergasted. My, 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 my. Of flabbertaking, overtaking. As I was doing that, someone says overgasted, no problem. And then he was looking at me, like, you know, say something. But I was so full of him. And then he turned back and the cloud wrapped him up. And I moved in that vision into a church where I was born. And I was sitting at the third chair, third row, sitting there, second, second chair there. And suddenly I saw a man who was being crucified. And that man said, if you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, fast for three days. And on the third day, we will pray. He was being crucified every day. I love people that God uses miracles a lot. And so the first day, the second day, in the same dream, and the third day came, and I was sitting, the man said, today is your day. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit today. You know, in those days, they did not have the teaching knowledge we have today. Okay? Someone, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, they just pray, miraculous will happen. But in our day, God had opened knowledge to us. Okay, so that we can teach you all these things. So they don't teach you, just tell you. Believe, faith, that's all. And I started praying in that dream. And as I was praying, baptized with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, suddenly, the power of God came upon me, and my legs lifted up from the ground about one foot. And I began to speak in tongues. As I was speaking in tongues in the dream, I woke up. And I woke up not speaking in tongues. Okay? So people can be born again, very well born again. Not have baked. They can see visions. They can operate some gifts. But yet they have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I will show you in the Bible. Because they are God seekers. They hear. They see. But they have never spoken in tongues. So. Few years after. They said the crusader was coming. And then I went to the crusade. I forgotten about my encounter. And then suddenly the man said, if you want to go, if you want Holy Spirit fast for three days or the third day, I pray for you. And then he didn't 
the, the, the dream never came back to me. So I fasted because I want to speak in tongues. My friends speak in tongues. I don't. All right? But I'm bolder than them. They are not bold. Eh? I pray for the sick and God heal the sick. They do not do that. But I want that tongue. Eh? Especially in those days when someone says, when he speaks in tongues, I say, Thus hear the Lord will cover our head. God has arrived. And I want to be one of those who will say, Thus hear the Lord. So, then the man said, Today is your day. It's the third day. And instantly that vision I had came back to me. My Lord, my prayer changed. Look, let me tell you this. If you pray, Smesme prayer, Smesme prayer is, Father, Father, Lord, Father, cocktail. Father, Lord, Lord, Father, Father, Lord, Lord, Father. If it's thy will, thy will be done, not thy will be done. So, you will get nothing. From, from Holy Spirit, you get nothing. I will help you understand how they prayed for Holy Ghost to happen. If you are one of them, everybody is praying, closing their eyes and you are looking at them. Hmm? You will get nothing. Have you seen somebody in the football pit when they are playing that kept quiet throughout? Even if it's not a supporter of a team, a time will come, he will shout, No! It's not his team. Or he will say, Oh! Because he doesn't like the one who scored. When people start to sing, here we go, here we go. If you are beside them, you don't see they will give you a, a, a knuckle. Isn't it? You must say, here we go. Alright? Now, if people can express their emotion like that, and everybody, all of us human beings express emotion, either when you have a severe pain, you scream at the worst. You cry when somebody, you know, that was an injustice against you and you couldn't help it. Those Passion God gave us. He gave us for us to use it towards him. It will be selfish of a man not to give God what he has given to you. Ability to cry, to weep, because you are overwhelmed. Or you repent of your wicked ways. Ability to scream, because you really want God. And when I began to cry, somebody beside me got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I got very angry. I cried until my throat was gone. And I said, Lord, if you don't baptize me in the Holy Ghost today, I leave this place, I will not come back to church again. You see that extreme? Tears all over my eyes. I have prayed, all my intestine is gone, energy gone. And suddenly, when that vision came, I said, oh my God, this is the man I saw three years ago in the dream. This is the man. Today is my day. Then my prayer changed to faith that it is today is my day. What I said last is devil, Lord, I remain in charge. Baptize me with fire. Baptize me with fire. Baptize me. Baptize me. Baptize me. As I was saying it suddenly, it was like a bucket of water was poured over my head. And my legs lifted up physically now. One foot as I saw it. And I began to flow in tongues. Not repeating one word. I was discussing in tongues. The boy who was beside me opened his mouth, uh, his eyes, because the wind of the Spirit would pull me to the left and to the right, and I was floating in the air. When he saw that my leg was not touching the ground, he ran out of the church. 
The guy ran out from that place and he ran straight out of the church. But let me say something to you. I received my baptism just as it's written in the Bible. When you receive the baptism of Holy Spirit, it is the baptism of fire. It's not different. There's no such a thing as baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then after some time you have baptism of fire. It does not exist. Nobody baptized in the Bible was baptized twice. Tonight is your night. But when you are baptized once, you can be filled several times. If you look at my operations on the globe today, you may not have to wonder. Because when the Holy Spirit came, He really came. And when I asked Him, I really asked Him. With tears, I forgot about everybody. That's what God wants you to do tonight. You have been scratching the back of the plate for a long time. You want to get into the barrel. You want to get soaked in the power. If you... Look, when you prophesy... Okay, let me say something to you. Everywhere you go, people will be coming to you. Because you have what they need. So, if you deprive yourself from that power, because you feel that, uh, how can I cry? How can I... Then you will depend on others for your life. Hmm? Let me show you a few things. And then we'll pray. Because today I want us to... I want to preach brief. And I'm doing fine, really. Look at therefore. What is the origin of this Holy Ghost baptism? Luke chapter 3 verse 16. John answered, answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The tongues of whose sanders I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with what? He will baptize you with what? He will baptize you with what? Let me say something to you. If you want to look at that, that statement, the people who believe that fire baptism is different from Holy Spirit baptism, that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you, look, you ask God for fire baptism, this is where they got it wrong. The Bible says, John said, you will baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. Alright? If something is an addition, is added to another thing, it means they, they have dual manifestation. They manifest together. It's not that today you have the Holy Ghost and then some years after you have fire. What would the fire do? And from where is the fire? That's the question. But the fact is that Holy Spirit sometimes is, is uh, referred to as the fire. Sometimes is referred to as the wind. Sometimes it's referred to as the oil. Sometimes it's referred to as the dove. So if we could not say that you must have dove baptism or have uh, the oil baptism or the anointing, the anointing baptism or the wind, the wind baptism, so, so we cannot say you have fire baptism because Holy Spirit is the fire, is the wind, is the oil, is the anointing. 
is everything in manifestation. So when you are when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the fire is what comes upon you. Evidence. First principle, Acts chapter two. So how when he promised, let's see how it happened. Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. Verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I like that statement of King James. <laughs> Just because it says, When it fully come. When I was growing, King James is what we used to memorize. Why? I don't know. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. In one place. You understand what accord means? It's a decision, single decision, single focus, single expectation. That is accord. We are here tonight with one accord, expecting the Holy Spirit to come upon us. That's why we are here. Now, the next verse says, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house. You see the wind? Why did that wind come like a violent wind? But it was a sound. It was not physical wind. It says a sound like. Understand it's not wind that came in. But it's like a hurricane. And they were looking, they were looking. There was no wind. But while they were looking, it says, it came and, and from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So the sound was everywhere where they were sitting. Everywhere. Which means when the Holy Spirit comes, it's over everybody under the same roof. Alright? But then it says in the next verse, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. That separated and came to rest on each one. So, in another words, as they were looking, where is the where is the wind? Where is the wind? Suddenly appearing from the ceiling was a bunch of fire, but it looked like a tongue. Okay. And as they were looking, what is this? What is this? It has never happened before them. Okay. They were just there praying together. But when they pray, they pray, all of them pray. You don't have among the disciples, some are praying loud, some are praying. It doesn't happen. A prayer that cannot move you, cannot move God. The Bible says how Jesus made a loud cry unto he who is able to save him. When Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, what did he say? The Bible said with a loud voice, he said, Lazarus! Come forth. He didn't go there and say, Lazarus, come, come. Lazarus will have remained there. There is something about shouting. It takes your inside. Ever shout. There is something about shouting. It comes sometimes out of your anger. Alright? Because I saw the devil mess up with somebody. I just got angry. And speak. And manifestation instantly. How can a man be bound this way? No law in the name of Jesus. And you see loose instantly. 
Pastor, I know you called me today. He may be in this meeting before we leave. This is the minister who I told you I was doing crusade with him some years ago in his church at the open air crusade. And the power of God was moving. People were getting healed. So I said, how many of you were healed in the first prayer? Come this way. They came out. I said, how many of you remain in the congregation and you are not healed in the, in the square, open air? And some came out. I said, come out here. And when they came out, the first person in front of me has a three-quarter leg. One leg is fully grown. The second leg is three-quarters by polio. Slim, short. Okay? He's about 11 or 12-year-old boy. The leg was short, like three-quarter, like up to a little bit below the knee of the other one. And it was slim, lifeless, dangling like this. And the, the, the tie was so short. Pastor Anuj, I wish he's here tonight. But I will get him to come here. Because he told me he has some meeting. I'm talking about shouting. Power is produced out of power. Okay? Combustion is what causes power. Hmm? You must learn how to allow your, your flesh to depart. So that your spirit can take over. I went straight to that boy with the short leg. And Pastor Joe was with me with Pastor Eric and the rest of them. And I grabbed the leg and said, go in the name of Jesus. And from my hand, which we had and saw like sparks of fire. And I pushed back. And the leg began to stretch down. And when the leg was stretching down, myself, Pastor Joe, and all of them, we were going down like that with the leg. Slow motion. When it touched the ground, the leg began to expand gradually. And all of us were to decide like that. By the time the leg was fully normal, hey! <laughs> we have seen healing, but we have not seen the process before. We have prayed for the sick and then the leg will just start running. Cripple, just start running. That's why we never go and touch anybody in my crusade who is crippled and say, come, exercise your faith. No, 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 no. When there is no authority, you are telling people that. When God is present, when you command in the name of Jesus, the cripple will jump and run. You've seen several of that. You will see them again in London. The days of sitting on the pew is over. We were, all of us were dazed. And you know when God does a thing like that, I can't express to you how, what happens to you. The, you will become power drunk. So the next person has a withered hand for 42 years. He was born with withered hand. His hand was stiff like this. And all the fingers were dead. I said, get me a barrel, take this barrel. And they gave him the barrel. He couldn't stretch his hands. His hands were like this. I said, good, take the photograph of this one. In those days, there is no video. They took the photograph. The video there is is a long tube and stuff. They took the photograph. And after taking the photograph, the whole place has turned upside down, you know. Because the boy here now is running about. And the whole place was turned upside. Those who want to collapse, want to collapse. Because it is an awesome manifestation that we had never seen. So they took the photograph of that man. And I pulled the hand and said, Go in the name of Jesus! And the hand went... And he was healed. 
I said, take his photograph now that he's healed. Move to the next one. Move to the next You know, others were healed by faith. People are just running all over the whole place, bazooka. It will happen to you too. I say that power will come upon you. I say that power will come upon you. Was it because I fasted? No! I don't fast in those days. Was it because I'm righteous? No! Not that I was righteous than anybody. But because I believe in him. I believe in him. And I walk with him. Pray all the time. You know, I was younger. I think I was in my 30s at the time. Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30. They said, I we together now. So when the Holy Ghost came upon them, a tongue like fire split and it rested upon them. Now look at the next verse. Verse, verse 4. All of them were what? I cannot hear you. All of them were? I want you to say Holy Ghost filled. Somebody say filled with the Holy Ghost. All of them, not some of them. All of them, not some of them. All of them, not some of them. Are you part of all tonight? Are you part of all tonight? Are you part of all tonight? You will receive what? Power! We are the last minutes of this world. I told you on Sunday that you will see crash of economy of stock exchange of China. I told you on Sunday. It happened on Tuesday. Did it not? So I told you on Sunday that God said that the things we say before we say things many years it happened, but now we say it, it will happen. And I told you that that wind will blow from China right through to America. Did it not cross America? They haven't recovered. Now, all the think tanks are thinking what to do. Do you think they will recover? You wait and see. God had told you before in this family, from 2001, there will be three recessions. The first, the second, and when the second happened, I told you. But this year, God said in January 1, in this building, that this year the third will happen. But you know something? The Bible says in the days of famine, my people shall what? Enjoy plenty. This is where we will prosper. I say in this year I will prosper. Come on now. Our God is the one behind the button. Look at what it says there. They were all filled. 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 You are part of them who are filled. With the Holy Ghost. And then I love this. And began to speak what? In other tongues as what? The Spirit enabled them. They began to do what? Speak in other tongues as what? The Spirit enabled them. That's why I told you. If you see a prophet who stands before a congregation and say, Can I prophesy? And they say, Yes, prophesy. Can I prophesy? Say, Yes, prophesy. He's a liar and an imposter. Because you cannot prophesy because you want to prophesy. You prophesy because the Holy Ghost enables you to prophesy. And He controls the time, the season, what He will say, and to who you will say it. That's why we can't prophesy to everybody. I was in a meeting in America. They invited me as a prophet. And then another prophet came. So he will operate before me. And he began to pray. They lined up. All of them were looking for prophecy. And he took a tape recorder. 
and then we will go to the first one and begin to see all this nonsense and they will record it and after recording it, he will remove the tape and give you and you pay some dollars whether a hundred dollars or whatever he goes to the next person they say the prophecy they record it and then when he finishes, he will take the tape and give you pay the money I called the one who invited me stop this man you should get out from that place he's a liar Because the people also came and said, give me a word. A Christian who is looking for a word is an unbeliever. He's not born again yet. What word are you looking for? You have Genesis, you didn't read it. You have <laughs> Exodus, you didn't read it. Also Revelation, 66 books, you have them in your house. They are, all full, they are all full of words from God, isn't it? You read nothing and you are looking for a word that does not exist. So they gave you word from themselves and you ran with it and you got crashed. I said, but God said it. God said what? Your predecessors, the Bible says, they always say, and the word of the Lord came to me. You are the one going for the word of the Lord now. In this generation. If anyone is here who has been doing that, stop doing it. Today the word will come to you. Yeah. And you will take the word out. The Bible says they began as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now listen to what is happening the next one. It says, now they were staying in, the, in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews and every nation under heaven. I love this. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in what? Bewilderment. Which means that the sound that came into the house was heard all over Greenwich. It wasn't heard just in that place. The people outside heard the sound. This is where God is bringing the church now. That people will be gathered in their churches and they'll be worshipping God. And the, uh, the glory of God will descend. Not just in the church. They, they, little will they know that the people outside are already under the glory. Who knew not God. It is that manifestation that will bring them to come into the church and ask, What is going on here? It's latter days. So he says. Because each one had them speaking in his own language. So they spoke in tongues. Each one had them speaking in his own language. This is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. When the fire came, this is how it came. And if you look at this scripture, Holy Ghost did not come, and then after some days, fire came. The same time, they, they sound like a wind, and then the tongue like fire, and then it was the Holy Spirit. So when John said he would baptize with Holy Ghost, and fire, he meant the same thing. That the Holy Ghost will produce the fire and it will come upon you. So if you have not received it, you will receive it today. Let me give you a few more scriptures and then we pray. You must have clarity of understanding. Look at the book of Acts chapter, th- chapter 2 verse 3 to 4. Go back to my NIV. It says... No, no, no. Chapter 2 you have read. Let's go to the uh, chapter 19, really. Verse 1 to 6. It says, when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, they answered, no, we have not even had 
that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at this scripture, it is possible for you to be born again, but you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you must hear first. Because it's by faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. Look at verse 3. So, Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who comes after him. That is, in Jesus. After hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, what happened? The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in new tongues, in tongues and prophesied. Now, can I say something to you? This helps you know that you can be praying and Holy Ghost can come upon you. Also, someone can lay hands on you and you receive the baptism. You remember when we read Acts chapter 8, uh, I think it was two days ago. We saw that in the life of Philip in Samaria, that he called Peter to come and lay hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, but then here, it is evidence that someone may be born again, but yet he hasn't received the Holy Spirit because he hasn't been taught about it. Okay? But the evidence that they were baptized is that they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now look at chapter 10 of Acts from verse 48. Cornelius baptized with the Holy Spirit. The one I read last now from chapter 19 are the disciples of John. Now Cornelius baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who had the message the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even to the Gentiles. For, shall we read it together, verse 46? Read it again. Now that for they had them implies that Evidence that they were, they were baptized is because we had them speaking in tongues. Come on, do we agree together? Huh? We, they, they believed that they were baptized because they had them speaking in tongues and prophesying. So evidence of baptism with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues and prophesying. And this is Gentile. It says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Like Pentecost Day. So, he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few more days. Now, understand what this clears. It clarifies that a Gentile also can be baptized. And it also tells you that you may, maybe you have not been baptized by a Martian. That doesn't stop you from being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Isn't it? Come on now. So, the first one was the Jews who got baptized. The second one were Jews because they were members of uh, John's trip, you know, the group of John. Okay? But the evidence of the first one is that these people were born again and they encountered the Holy Ghost, the one who went in the upper room. The evidence of the second one is that, well, these folks um, were born again, but they've never had. And because they've never had, they couldn't get it. But when they had, they believed and they got baptized. Now, this man 
It's an evidence for the Gentiles. You and I are not excluded. Let me say something to you. The God of the Jews is the God of the Gentile. Both the Jews and the Gentiles have equal sonship rights. Hallelujah, somebody. That God of Moses that you see like fire on the, on the mountain is the same God that you, are, you, are, you and I are serving. You know something? He, he, did not, he did not live in Moses. He only God Moses. He did not live in Elijah, yet Elijah called fire from heaven. He did not live in Joshua, but yet Joshua commanded and the sun stood still in the valley of Aijalon. If that God who operated through all these people now live inside you and he is with you, come on now, you are greater than Moses, you are greater than Elijah, you are greater than Elisha. You know, those people operated faith only. That's all. And that's the basis for you tonight. So Gentiles got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know something with Gentiles? When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, not only Cornelius, his servants got filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. It's not only Cornelius. Why? Because all the servants of Cornelius believed like Cornelius. You see this man Cornelius, let me tell you. I told you that I saw visions before I, 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 I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I saw angels before I conversed with angels before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost and yet I had conversation with angels. If you look at Cornelius, Cornelius was an unbeliever. He was serving the God of the Jews, the God he does not know. He observed the hours of prayer regularly from verse 1. And the Bible says in a broad daylight at 3 p.m. an angel appeared. Before Cornelius. With his team, all of them saw the angel. Physically. But yet they are not baptized. Even they were not born again. But they were people seeking God. This is an evidence to me that if anybody is a good person on earth seeking God, God will make sure he's born again before he dies. If they truly are looking for God. Angels are still going on missions. I've stumbled across some testimonies of people in the Arabian countries that angel ministered to them and they got saved. It's on the YouTube, several of them. Jesus went and appeared to some people and got them saved by himself. I will gather now. Angels are messengers, isn't it? And we are messengers, isn't it? So who is a messenger? It's a man with a message. Sent by someone. Who sent all of us? God. We are messengers of Jesus Christ. I love this, I love this, I love this, God, we're going to pray now. So therefore, Cornelius was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. The last evidence we are looking at before we pray is this. Saul, who was a persecutor of Christians. In the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 17. The Bible says from verse 1, talks about how Saul was persecuting Christians and how Jesus appeared to Saul. Okay? And so Saul got blind. And when Saul got blind, <laughs> I love Jesus. Listen to me. None of you should run away from God. Because God has many weapons to deal with those who run away. One of them is blindness. Okay? If you are stubborn, Fishes are still swallowing human beings today. <laughs> God said to you, you are running to Tashish. You will be shocked. God can cause the aeroplane to start moving upside down and then they will say everybody should eject. You are the one who first eject. When you eject, you eject into the hands of an angel. We just carry you to where he is sending you. This man, Paul, 
was killing Christians. Slaughtering them like the ISIS do today. I think you can identify with that. If an ISIS, the head of ISIS, come to church of God today and say, I saw Jesus and born again. Some people will say, wrong for him. Isn't it? But let me say this to you. In this season, God is going to do greater than that. You will see some of those guys who are killers today, they become preachers of the gospel. Why were they killing? That's all they know. Did Jesus die for them? Yes. Does God want them saved? Yes. What about the armed robbers who kill people and loot their houses? God wants them to be saved. Somebody had to be filled with the Holy Ghost and confront them and teach them, preach the word of God to them. When this man encountered God, he was so terrible that after God told, he got God blind. After God told Ananias to go and pray for him, Ananias said to Jesus that, ah, Jesus, I can't go to that man. As if Jesus... <laughs> People take on their heels. They will stone a man to death. Just like today. With the ISIS. You can imagine if it was announced in the, tele- the television or BBC that the head of the ISIS have just arrived in London. We don't know where he is. Nobody will go out tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Everybody will just show. Even train drivers will not go. Because you don't know where they will strike. And then the Lord now said to you in the midnight, Can you go to this address for me tomorrow? And you will meet this man who is the head of ISIS. I is a chosen vessel. You will do like Ananias and tell Jesus that, Jesus, have you not heard? Have you not heard what they did in Nigeria? And Boko Haram, what they did in Syria, what they did in... That's what happened to Ananias. But Jesus said he is a chosen vessel. All the chosen vessels that are locked up in all this fundamental Islamic, in the name of the Lord of hosts, they will be released. From this next month, you will begin to hear them released. The time of harvest is come. Chosen vessels will be released. And so, he went. But when he went, what happened? He said, when he got there, Ananias, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, verse 17. Placing his hand on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, excuse me, they will become your brothers. The killers of your brothers will become your brothers. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road to, to, uh, as, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever God gives you sight, He wants you to be filled. Sight is salvation. When you are saved, you must be filled. When you are born again, you must be filled. After born again is the filling of the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, you must be what? Filled. Stand upon your feet. We are going to pray. Do you know something that stands so far? One, you need the Holy Spirit. Two, it is your right. Three, you can ask the Father, and the Son will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody will sing in the new tongue here now. Yay! Yeah. 